episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Loaded Sport, where today we are going to be previewing the return of the Premier League action after the FA Cup weekend last weekend, and also looking towards wildcard weekend of the National Football League. Oh, best weekend of the year, lads. You know Let's what? It. It's suited that you're the one that jumped straight in, because I made a promise to myself that you're the first person I'm going to introduce, because every oh. week I try and leave you till last, and every week you butt in and get in the way of everyone else. So Skin, how Fuck are you doing? Up. I'm coming to you first. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's good then, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so let's move on to uh, Sam. You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I'm uh, absolutely buzzing for this uh, weekend of NFL action we've got coming up. I know a lot of our listeners are more bothered about football, but I'm, I'm so hyped for NFL, I can't lie, this weekend. It's the uh, best weekend of uh, the NFL schedule for me. Super wildcard weekend. Let's have it. Exciting times. And as well as that, we're going to introduce Kemp who uh, I'm sure you've got a very different look towards this weekend as a Giants fan. Absolutely fucking not. I'm buzzing. Let's go. We've got nothing to lose. We've been not been Love there that. in six years. Let's fucking give it a go. Let's have a bit of bands. Let's fucking, let's do it. I've got one, one word of advice for you. I've got one word yeah. of advice for you, Kem. Just enjoy the weekend by being yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. disciplined, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. By yeah, being yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. disciplined. Anyway, sorry, I, I did that wrong. Mr. Dawson, Mr. White Man with the mic, how are we all doing? Very I, good. How are you, mate? Yeah, yourself? how are you? Yeah, loving life, loving life. Giants are playing playoff football, baby. Ka-ka! I mean, I did ask Ag, like, but Ag, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Seahawks are playing uh, playoff football. So um, How's that I, I went for it and I've no, I've no fucking idea Dig and it. everyone keeps writing us off. I've looked at the odds and we're on the exact same odds as the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, 80 to 1. Yeah, it's about right. It's about right. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, 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 we'll get back, we'll get, we'll get all we'll, to that later. Plenty so of time to talk it. about uh, the NFL. We start by looking at the latest in the transfer window and Skin, I'm going to come to you first as a Manchester United supporter. There's a history of how Manchester United seem to go for bizarre loan deals. We've seen Dubravka, we've seen plenty of crazy choices in the past. This one is for uh, Weghurst, is that how that's pronounced? Weghurst. Weghurst. There you go. I've murdered that name, so I apologise. But there you go, you guys have nailed it. Uh, Skin, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on the loan deal? I'm going to keep it short and sweet, mate, because I get a lot of stick from my rants an hour I go on. And you said there... You said there about the uh, crazy loan deals that uh, United have had, had over the years. I'm going to review or I'm going to assess my opinion on the Veghorst loan by saying that he will be more Henrik Larsson than he will be Igalo. Ooh, Jesus. That's a, that's a statement. And so, you know. Yeah, Henrik Larsson about, uh, I, I can't remember the exact year, but I want to say sort of the late 2000s, maybe a, a, a rough guess. Yeah. Uh, came in on, on loan at the in the twilight of his career, we'll say, and didn't blow anyone away by, by any means, but he did the job that he was brought in to do. And I think that Veghorst will do very much that. He's a six foot seven striker. He is a type of player that United don't have in that area of the pitch at the moment and is being brought in for that very reason. A lot of people will talk about his record at Burnley, two goals in 20 games, which, yes, fair enough. He he didn't perform for them, but we can talk about systems and players around him and all that kind of stuff. He showed what he can do 
when trusted on when he's played in Germany for Wolfsburg. He has performed he's at a one goal every two games level for Besiktas, which granted isn't at the same level as Manchester United in the Premier League, but he also showed what he can do on the biggest stage in the World Cup when he came on against Argentina, scored those two late goals to take that game to extra time. So he's not going to start every game. He's not going to play every game, but he's an absolutely brilliant option for me over this next, what, four, five months or so to bring on set pieces, need a goal, start the odd game and, and just offer that something a little bit different. And like I said, he's not going to start every game, but it's always good to have different options available depending on what game or scenario you've got in front of you. So for three million pounds for a few months, I've got absolutely no issues with it whatsoever. Put words out of my mouth there, Dawson, when you said something different. That's exactly what he offers is that, you know, you've got these strikers, you've got Marshall who's been, been playing up front, Rashford who's been playing up front at times, obviously, is more effective coming off that left. I will, uh, I will admit now. There it is. Um, but, but he offers, like you say, he offers something different. United these days, especially, you know, often do play with Anthony coming off that right, Rashford coming off that left, sort of as inside forwards more than anything else. So, mm. you know, inverted wingers. Yeah, yeah, but but I'd say you know inverted wingers. I'd say they're maybe a little bit more defensive than you know inside forwards. It's almost as if you know it's four three three really. Mm. And um, and Rashford and, uh, and 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 Anthony really play that role well. I mean, you saw Anthony's goal the other day. Fair enough, it was against Charlton, but you know they, they all count. And um, and I think Veghorst will be a really good option to you know get it into his feet, hold the ball up, wait for Rashford and and Anthony and, and whoever's playing on those wings to make those runs, uh, you know, behind the last man. Um, and like you say, Dawson summed it up there, you know, perfectly. Is that he offers something different? And I think one thing that you know, United fans need to do is is trust Ten Hag because so far, apart from the first couple of weeks of the season where he was getting his feet under the you know feet under the table, um, he's not let you down so far. So uh, in in and Eric Ten Hag, Manchester United fans, I believe, should trust. Mm, definitely. Yeah, he's not the only signing that's uh, taken place over <coughs> the last couple of days that is controversially raised a couple of eyebrows. We're also going to look at the signing of Chow Felix to. Chelsea, or as uh, Facebook chat seems to know it as, Felix though. So, uh, Sam, I'm going to start with you on your <laughs> thoughts. Your, for this your phone threw you under the bus with that one, mate. Felix though. It was awful. I put Felix in it for some reason, it, it decided to correct it automatically to Felix though. But there we go. Uh, Sam, we're going to start with you on your thoughts of not just the loan signing, the option that Chelsea have gone for, but also the fact that they're paying a fee, paying his full wages, and they've got him on loan yeah. until the end of the season. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, I don't rate him personally, so I think I'm going to be quite negative here. I've I've never really seen a game where he's been the man of the match. He's been the standout star. In that Portugal team, he just always seems to look lost around the the talent that's around him. Um, And I don't think he's he's certainly not the sort of player that's um, that Chelsea need at the minute. He's he's not going to. He's not going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and you know drag them to wins. I can't see that at all. Is He's a flair player, he's a luxury player, and I just don't think he's the guy they need. Um, no, I, I rarely don't rate him myself, and I, I dare say um, Vegost will be a, a much better signing than Felix. Okay, well, Skin, you put this question to social media, so I'll tell you a couple of people's responses. Um, first of all, let you know what they think, and let me know what you thought of their opinion. So, Carolyn, who was here last week doing the list of the lock-in, 
He's put that Chow has a lot of hype surrounding him, and it has, for, and he has for a long time. Sorry, uh, but he's never seen him live up to the hype. Pretty much similar to what you said there, yeah. then Sam. So um, in any form, he can't see him turn the season around. But stranger things have happened. Kemp, I'm going to ask you. They are currently ten points off fourth place. That is currently occupied by United. They both have a game in hand over Newcastle. So effectively, they can gain three points on fourth place because Newcastle would mathematically fall there. Both sides on uh, 35 points, Chelsea 25. Do you think that Felix could really help them elevate into the top four? No, um, he's 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 very similar to a lot of players they've already got, which is which is quite yeah. strange. You know, he's like it, Christian Pulisic. You know him, Hakim Ziyech. You know Kai Havertz. Yeah. They're all Raheem Sterling even this season. They're all sort of the same player. You know those these these wingers that haven't really got a lot of end product. You know they're quite passive. You know, you can't see him really, you know, beating a man and 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 really doing damage with pace. Um, it's it's a it's a signing of you know, if you ask me, you know, what sort of player do Chelsea not need to sign? I think at the top of my list would be Jao Felix. Yeah. You know, he's, he's yeah. absolutely not what they need right now, and um, it's a strange one. I feel like a lot of the signings they've made this season are strange ones. I saw a list earlier that was sent across to me with all the signings that they made so far this season. And I don't think any of them have worked, you know, from uh, Fafana onwards, you know, they don't seem to have worked. So it's a strange one, but Chelsea is a strange situation at the moment. He might prove us all wrong, but, you know, in general, I, I agree with Sam that he's not going to make a difference. And, um, you know, I've, I sort of said in my predictions a couple of weeks ago that Chelsea were going to be the sort of surprise package and Graham Potter would turn it around. But, this sort of signing is not uh, not filling me with confidence, but there you go. What do you think to it, Adam, more importantly? Me, I, I think it's a bad signing for Chelsea. I think financially it doesn't make sense. The fact that they're paying them, I think it's nearly £10 million just to take them on loan for half of the season. I think it's 11 So £11 million to take them on loan till the end of the season. Is, I don't think he's going to be effective, like you've just touched on there, the fact that all their attacking players seem very similar and they've got a history of having attacking players that don't seem to be able to perform. And that brings me on to the next point, which again, I'm going to ask you about now. Nathan yeah. Middleton has got in touch on Facebook. He's put that £10 million will be a drop in the ocean if he gets them to top four, which is looking extremely unlikely at the moment. Um, he's sure that uh, how they're looking at it, Chelsea have become a laughing stock in transfer windows, especially the Aubameyang one. So that was a signing that was made by Tuchel. Aubameyang went there specifically to play for Tuchel. He'd got a very good goal scoring record for him in the past, but he's another one of those players that, for Arsenal, he played out on the wing a little bit as well, didn't he? I'm glad you've brought that up because it was going to lead into the point that I made there. That you know, as you mentioned, the comment that was that 10 million pounders was dropping the ocean in the grand scheme of things. It, of course, it is with the money that Chelsea have got with the with their owners' TV money and all that kind of stuff. Of course, grand scheme of things, 10 million isn't the biggest amount of money. But when you look, when you take a step back and take into account that apparently Abemyang is going to be or Abemyang is going to be allowed to move to another club, they've now essentially paid twenty-five million pounds com- uh, combined for two players at six months each with Abemyang and now Jao Felix. So over time, that will will add up with these kind of. It's a strange approach. How often do we see a, a player of Jao Felix's level or caliber or whatever you want to call it loaned out to another team? It, it's not very often, really, when when you look at the history of loan signings. So it, it's a different approach. I'm I'm struggling to see what both Atletico and Chelsea are getting out of this 
with the fact that apparently the rumours are that there's no buy option in the loan. It is essentially a loan till the end of the season for around that £11 million fee that was mentioned earlier. So I've got a theory, and Sam, I know we've spoken about this briefly, you kind of shut it down with the fact that there's been a big fallout and that's one of the reasons why the, the deal sort of opened up or the potential for it to happen opened up in the first place. But the rumours are that Diego Simeone will be stepping away at the end of the season. That may be confirmed, so correct me on that if, if anyone knows the definite, but I'm not sure. But yeah, apparently he's stepping away at the end of the season with the Chelsea's turmoil at the moment, with their revolving door in the manager position. Has Diego Simeone sent or allowed, not sent personally, because ultimately it's not down to him, but allowed or greenlit <laughs> the move for João Felix to go to Chelsea on loan to the end of the season as a bit of a, say, scouting report on the situation be off field and everything like that to see if that is his potential next job in uh, in football. Honestly, I, I can't I can't disagree with this theory more. By the way, um, <laughs> I don't. There's, I don't. There's, been, there's been well documented such a huge fallout between the two players. I just can't see Jao Felix doing him any kind of favors whatsoever. There's been substitutions he's made where he's been kicking water bottles, walking straight off down the tunnel, waving hands in air as as it comes off, and it's it's not a good relationship between them two. And I cannot see. I cannot see him bending over backwards for, that for his manager. That might all be a ruse, though. You don't know. That's it. It's all acting. Oh, mate. mate don't, don't, <laughs> don't fucking feed him. Don't feed him. Listen, feed him. there are not two blokes in this world that appreciate a big sell more than me and Kemp. So I know I can see why you would be on my side with that. Um, seeing all that I mean, book. it's absolutely bollocks, but I'd love it. Even I don't believe it, really. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, but it's just funny, though, isn't it? Out there. Yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, the final comment is from Michael Donnelly, who says he doesn't know why any forward player would want to go to Chelsea. Look at all the big-name forwards that have signed for Chelsea the last few years. Lots of big names have all bottled it, and I suppose you can go back as far as looking at the likes of uh, Torres, who struggled after signing from Liverpool, Shevchenko, who we know was uh, very good uh, in Europe and playing for Milan. He struggled at Chelsea as well more recently. Now, obviously, we've just spoken about a couple there, so... But then there are, but there are exceptions to that rule. You know, Didier Drogba is an absolute legend of the game. You know, played yeah, at Chelsea. But, but, I think but, but, it's more but, but, recent, but, but, isn't it? They've not really had anybody since Drogba. You went, you went back a bit to pick him up. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, I'm, going, I'm not going back as far as Shevchenko. Let's be honest. No, no I All thought I'm I would have said say, to be honest. Shevchenko wore the number seven. That links into my point of Drogba wore fifteen and then eleven for Chelsea. You know what I'm like with squad numbers, but it is the curse of the number nine at Chelsea, isn't it? That has been yeah. pretty much since Drogba left the the sort of theory that anyone that's Move there to be that main man up top has really struggled, just regardless of the of the caliber in the previous history. But it is, yeah, it's it's very strange. They've had different managers, different systems, but they they seem to no matter who they've brought in, really struggle to nail down that front man. It's it's a bit yeah. of a weird one. I don't really know. And that's why for me, to. and that's why for me, and and again, you know, his stats haven't been fantastic. I mean, they've been pretty bad to be fair. But I think he's got a few in Europe. Um, Armando Brozier, who's that injured for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, he was showing a lot of potential before he uh, before he got injured himself, and uh, I, I think bringing a loan player in until the end of the season or for a few months to sort of see where the land lies. I don't think that's such a bad shout. I just think Jao Felix himself is a bad shout because you know of, of all the reasons that we've listed. But you know, bringing a loan player in, getting somebody in until the end of the season who needs to prove a point. You know, let's be honest, Chelsea. What their best case scenario is top six. You know, reevaluate at the end of the season. They've got Armando Brozier, 21-year-old forward, who's shown a lot of promise. I don't think all is lost, and I, and I do think that Brozier actually might be a decent player. Um, very early to tell, but 
yeah, it's 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 not the signing itself. It's 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 more the who they like the, who they've signed rather than the position that they've tried to fill. Um, but but you are right about that Chelsea position. I don't know what it is. I don't know why the pressure is. I don't. It is pressure, but you know, it's it's it seems difficult, and it seems like that number nine shirt. It's um, it, it weighs heavy on a lot of shoulders. So uh, it's a, it's an interesting one, and one that we'll definitely keep an eye on. So just to conclude the chat around Chelsea, one word answer only, Kemp. Do they make top four? No. Skin? No. Sam? No. No. Can I go one further and say they don't make top six? I was just about to say that. I think the more, I think the more sort of relevant answer is I'll I'll go around the group now and ask ask what I think is a better (laughs) question. Sam, do you think they make top six? Mm, No. Adam, do you think they make top six? I don't know. Dawson, do you think they make top six? <laughs> no, is that I, I is don't. That, you're not sure. No, I don't. There's a comment <laughs> out that I don't, so it's no. Okay, and, and um, I don't think they make top six. Well, sorry, Dawson, I thought you said no. Uh, absolutely not, mate. Yeah, and, and I don't think they do either. So you know, you you've asked, asked a, a pretty decent question for Chelsea there, because usually it's a case of are Chelsea going to be in the hunt for something and make top four <clears throat> this season? I, just, I think it's uh, they're not going to make top six. See, the thing is I with just, them being uh, top six is they're only three points away from it. And I know there's still a lot of the season to play for. And I think if they can turn things around at the moment, there's no reason why they couldn't make top six. No, nah, I just I can't see it. You've, 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 yeah, you've got what? City, Arsenal, United, yeah. Newcastle, Liverpool, yeah. you would assume. It's pretty and then set right Tottenham. there, isn't it, as it is? Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be close for, for that sixth spot. I'd say if they're going to get it, it will be six. I can't see it being any higher than that. But yeah, yeah I think, I think Spurs... Spurs yeah, I think Spurs haven't been phenomenal this season. But, you know, Conte's Conte. He finds a way to to get those results and, and get teams, you know, where, where they need to be, you know, come hell or high water. And then you've got the introduction of Newcastle this season and are absolutely having a barnstormer. And then, you know, the rest of the uh, the top six will will stay the same. So I think Chelsea, uh, a seventh place finish is probably the best they're going to hope for. Absolutely. So the other question that was asked on social media, um, Eric Ten Hag has reportedly introduced a salary cap at Manchester United of £200,000 per week. What impact, if any, could that have on their transfer activity moving forward and their ability to attract top players? Uh, Kerouin has replied with, a salary cap is a good idea, instantly puts off big players coming in and asking for stupid wages. I'm sure they'll make up for it in bonuses now, though. I think they'll still attract big names because of the club and the fact they're on an upward trajectory. Now, there was rumour of this being the situation at Tottenham as well, so I think it's something very similar that maybe stop them from really reaching the heights that what people thought of looking at their squad about five, six years ago. So, Skin, as a United fan, I'm going to stay with you first on this one. Your thoughts, first of all, of, of having the uh, the the wage cap, the salary cap, if you will, introduced at Manchester United, if it is true. And do you think that's really going to have an impact on any of the signings that Manchester United could make? You would hope not. Because let's face it, £200,000 a week still isn't a figure to be sniffed at. If it was, say, £100,000 a week, I would say it would definitely have an impact in terms of bringing on those top, top players. But £200,000 a week for to to come and play for that club, for that project, for the future that they're clearly building or there are signs that they're building and the history and, and the legacy and everything that goes in with that, I, I can't really see it having an impact. And let's be honest, if you want more than £200,000 to go and play for Manchester United, again, with everything that I've just mentioned there, assuming that they carry on at the trajectory, trajectory. they're currently going at, 
you don't want that kind of player in the squad anyway, if that makes sense. So I think it works both ways. So yeah, it, it's not it's still not a weekly figure to be sniffed at. So I, I don't think it will have too much of an impact. But any player that turns around and goes, well, I want more than that, and that's their sort of attitude, and they don't buy into the other side of it, you kind of don't want them anyway. So like I said, I, I think it works both ways. Yeah, I get I get that to an extent. However, it's you know it's it's modern day, isn't it? It's these players yeah. have got so much power and. I think it's it's all about you know knowing your own personal worth and personal value, and I think like I've taken a, a name for example, Mo Salah, he's on about four hundred grand a week at Liverpool when he's when he's had a decent game like with, with bonuses. That's yeah. double. That's double what Man United are putting on um, as a cap limit. I mean, I know again, I know there will be bonuses on top of that, but I like I like the theory behind it. I do, but I, I think. We've seen Tottenham and Arsenal in recent years struggle with certain cap wage structures and cap, you know, capped wages, and I just think it might hamper them unnecessarily. Well, it doesn't really need to be there, but I mean, how much is Jaden Sancho on? He, he's on an absolute. I was, I was just about to come in on this. It's about three hundred and fifty, I think. I might yeah. be so, so, off on that, so, that, yeah. Just for one second, I'll just hold on. Just so, Go so on, you've yeah, got. Go on. So you've got Jaden San, 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 Sancho on about three hundred fifty k. And then these new players are coming in on two hundred grand a week, and they're thinking, "Hold on, he's he's still on three hundred and fifty grand a week here. Like, he's, he's not even in squad at minute. Like, you know, there's got are they going to are they bringing his wage down? I did see something with David De Gea where the, I think he's the first one that this is going to affect, and I don't know how it's going to affect him. Didn't really go into detail on how it's going to affect him, but so are they going to start bringing the current players' wages down or? I imagine I it'll be know. if he wants to sign a new contract, he's got to fall in line with that cap, won't it? I imagine that's that's yeah. what it'll be. But well, that's the tip of the iceberg. That's the tip of the iceberg because you know, from what I've seen and what I've read, and and hoping that these are accurate sources. But Casemiro is allegedly on three hundred thousand pound a week. Mm. Rafael Varane is allegedly on three hundred and forty thousand pound a week. You know, they're two new signings. Yeah. Sancho, three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. So, all right, you know, he's not as new as those those pair, but he is still a fairly new addition and signed yeah. a, a a fairly long term deal. And and De Gea's on three hundred and seventy five grand a week. I know there's been talk of restructuring De Gea's contract, but you know, I think De Gea signed his most previous contract in two thousand and nineteen. So it's easier to do that for De Gea than it is for the other players, but. You know what? What are they going to do? Are they going to go to Casemiro and Varane? In, you know, six months after they signed him, and say, "Oh, I know we offered you three hundred odd thousand pound a week, but actually, we're bringing this salary cap in now, so you're going to have to reduce it to two hundred. They're not going to do that. No. So, in theory, it's a good idea, and and in theory, it, it, I understand why they've done it. I understand why they're putting a cap on salaries, making sure that nobody gets you know envious and there's that bad atmosphere in the in the camp. But at the same time, that figure of two hundred grand a week, it's 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 a strange one because, like Sam's just said, you're going to be bringing top well as top players as you can for two hundred grand a week. You know, saying this is our wage structure, we can't offer you any more. But then you've got at least three or four players that are already earning more, so it's still going to cause that problem. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to get around that and how it's going to work. Can I just very quickly return the tennis ball, Nadal cross court esque, um, and say that. One of the biggest complaints, not just as a United fan, but I've seen this sort of across the board and, and people looking into the Manchester United situation over the last few years, especially under Solskjaer. And I personally, as a United fan, thought that Solskjaer got a lot of stick, but it was very much the inmates are running the asylum. Asylum, you know, stories of 
reports behind the scenes were getting leaked to the media and, and that's why a lot of stories about players were coming out is because it was the United players themselves that were that giving that information and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's all about getting things back under control. And this isn't this isn't going to be a long-term thing. This isn't going to last forever. Five, six, seven, eight years down the line, this isn't going to be in place. But this is all about getting back to basics, regaining control, getting things back on a level and rebuilding. Because that is the stage that Manchester United are at. It's well documented and everyone knows about the, the form and the struggles that Manchester United have been in on the field since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And, you know, we don't need to go through it again. But Eric Ten Hag, in such a short period of time, he is halfway through his very first season, has restored hope, has restored faith, has restored any kind of structure that seemed to be lacking. And yes, the Glazers are still there and all that kind of stuff is, is still an issue for, for the broader group of Manchester United fans. But we know that that is something that looks like is in the process of changing. Eric Ten Hag is in such a vulnerable position at the moment, not in terms of his job and his future, but there's been so much focus on off-field and on-field lack of success over the last few years he can't control what the Glazers do in terms of selling the club, providing funds or anything like that. All he can do is focus on what happens on the pitch. And to be honest, you, you said it earlier, Kemp, about um, Ten Hag getting the benefit of the doubt with the Veghorst signing. And that is what he has earned. Yes, on paper, it might seem a bit like, well, are you, are you chasing success? Are you trying to do this? But with everything that's happened, get back control of that football club because that football club, that name, that Manchester United, that badge is bigger than any player across the world of any ability can bring in. And we saw that with Ronaldo. And ultimately, Manchester United came out on top. And now Ronaldo is playing out in Saudi Arabia one month after saying he wasn't interested in that. He wasn't bothered about the money. He could still go to a high level. So for me, I trust in Eric Ten Hag. And he's not given me any reason so far to think otherwise. And I think time will tell if this is the right decision. But for now, like you said yourself, we've got to trust that decision. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't... Sorry, Sam. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. You know, I, I can't disagree with anything that you've just said there. But this move, because of the salaries that already exist, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I think it's the right thing to do, bringing a salary cap in and making sure that these problems don't start again. Rebuilding, taking back control, that discipline, it works. It's everything that Manchester United need. I completely agree. But my, I'll return... I'm not going to use a tennis reference because... You know, table table don't, uh, don't get him fucking rambling but, again. We've just got him sure all. <laughs> but, but well, I know, but but it's important that we get you know I, I get an answer out of Dawson on this question because how is it going to work? How is how is a two hundred thousand pound salary cap going to work when you just brought in two players on three hundred plus grand? How how are how is that going to work? I don't understand it. I I don't know the answer to that. All I can say is that you've got to trust in the badge. You've got to trust in the name. You've got to trust in the project. And you've got to trust in Eric Ten Hag because I do. Uh, no, no, not you personally, but I mean uh, the the players themselves that might come no, in no, and say, and I, and I think "Well, I was on two hundred and fifty well. grand before." It, because again, two hundred grand a week isn't to be sniffed at. If we've had this conversation with NFL, like if I was a player on three hundred grand a week that wasn't really winning anything, I'd take. Two, I personally would take two hundred grand a week and and push for Champions League, for push for Premier League, which is clearly Ten Hag's goal. And you would hope, in theory, that a lot of players have that mindset as well and if they don't do you really want them anyway if they're picking if they get put on 200 grand a week and they're not on 300 grand a week do you really want them anyway 
Yeah, but if you've got Newcastle that are in a similar position to United at the minute, similar form to United at the minute, you know, are not as big a club, nowhere near as big a club as United, but they've got a young manager, they've got great owners, they've got loads great of Great history, money. all if, that kind of stuff, yeah. If Newcastle come in and say, well, we'll give you 300 grand a week, then, you know, I understand what you're saying about success, but Newcastle look like they're on an upward trend. And, and ultimately, being a footballer, it's a relatively short career. You get, what, 10, 15 years? Yeah. You know, so they're going to want to maximise their earnings. And like Sam said earlier, player power and, and the, the, the amount of money that these players can command is ridiculous. So, again, I don't want to go on this for too long. And Sam, I know you were going to come on this point. You know, No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm done. Wish you should come um, on me. But, <laughs> but, you know, I just don't understand how they're going to attract the top players, first of all, because, like, you know, football's all about money, has been for years. And if they go to another project that's promising and they're looking to pay more, then surely they're going to go there. And I don't understand how it works with the with the earners that are on, you know, much more than that now. And I don't know how effective the salary cap's going to be because of those earners. Yeah, again, only time will tell. You know, they've not got the funds this window. And depending on when the Glazers do sell, if they sell or what investment they get, will obviously dictate how successful the summer is when it comes to signing. So who who's to say how successful it will be? And it's like chucking a dart at a dartboard into it at this moment in time. But like I say, only time will tell. And I'm sure we'll review it, you know, say a couple of years down the line to say it worked or that was a terrible decision. Lads, thank you very much for your insights into uh, those talking points. But get your pens and your paper ready because in just a few moments' time, we'll be welcoming second to take on listener lock-ins Jason Young and uh, looking on, at our wild cards as well. Well, Jay. Welcome back to episode 21 of Loaded Sport. We're now going to move on to the locks of the week and the wild card and our second listener lock-in. Welcoming Jason Young. Jay, welcome to Loaded Sport. Yes, Jason. Bonjour. Bonjour. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. The second person to have a go at uh, the listener lock-in. You excited? Yeah, Kieran did well last week, so... <laughs> no pressure on you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Kieran? Kieran? It's Kerouin. Kerouin. I just just call him Kieran. Sorry, Kieran. Easy that way. Uh, Jay, just tell us a bit about uh, the team you support and your way into football. Oh dear. Uh, Wayne's football, uh, basically, um, just through just playing football at school, really. Um, Six years old and then I've never looked back since. Started playing for um, a local side, North Wingfield Colts. Under sixes, under sevens, stayed. Indianapolis is his brother. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what position do you play, Jason? Do you believe it or not, my first two seasons, I was centre attacking mid and I was top is scorer. Is it? Love that. Little Cam, yeah. number 10. Yeah, I was number 10. Love leading that. goal scorer for two seasons and then his goalkeeper got injured. And I've always, you guys will know, I'm a yeah. tall lad, big lad. And uh, manager stuck me at net. And the I was like, history. I've enjoyed that, yeah, and the rest is history. So, love that. I've always known you as a goalkeeper. I never knew that little uh, factoid yeah. about the the number ten role. Love that, Jason. Talk to us. Uh, love that, mate. Love that. You've uh, you, you keep saying every year you're going to ank gloves up, and then you do for a bit, and then you get taste for it again, don't you? When uh, well, when season starts, 
you're only here, you're only here once, aren't you? So whilst you still can play, you best play. Play until you can't, mate. Play until you can't. It. That's it. So I don't want to be one of them going, oh, I wish I'd have done it for another year or another two years. So you'll, just know, take, you'll know, you'll know. When you start going. By, yeah, I'll start scoring. It takes me three days yeah, to recover. It takes me three days to recover. Now I walk like John Wayne for three days and then I'm nice. going to play again. That's, that's just from butt plugs, isn't it? Say, that's probably cock, right? <laughs> that's, from, that's from tickling asshole. <laughs> that's prostate, nice. prostate massage, all right. Um, Jason, um, tell us, uh, tell us in your, and, and as listeners who you support and, and why. Liverpool, yeah, um, my dad um, followed Liverpool from from a young age, and that was that. Was, the rest is history. I used to go to town games with my uncle, so I've not been to, to many town games for a, for a fair few years now. But yeah, Liverpool. Um, but we'll we'll leave that there. No, I don't think we can, can we? I don't think we can leave it there. It's a sports yeah. podcast, mate. Come on. I don't think we've, got to, us, uh, we've got to open that bit up, I think. We are. Um, you know what? I am so, 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 so disappointed. Um, where do I start? Um, I've put a, a, a few comments on, obviously, the few random posts that people have been putting up. And I think you can tell I'm, I'm a guy who wears me out on my sleeve. I just say it how it is. I've got no filter and it gets me in trouble, but I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> Centre backs, Joe Gomez is biggest fraud in football. I don't give a fuck what anyone else says. <laughs> I've seen you say that a few times. Joe Gomez, no, go on, go on, let him finish. Do you know what? At times, if I could beat him up, I would. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> that on sideline, Jay just fucking run up, grabbing him by the scruff of the neck. Will you fucking defend? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I'm going to give you a quick fire question. Liverpool centre back alongside Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez or Harry Maguire? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Great. We played Cam. We played Cam at six and seven. Played in net. Number, number ten. At, number ten at centre back like Prime William yeah. Gallas. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd rather play with ten men. Fair enough, mate. Fair no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you were absolutely buzzing with that Napoli performance, and I can imagine you had a lovely <laughs> Napoli evening that night. Say that again, Cam. That Napoli performance, I can imagine you had a lovely evening that night. He's, he's disgusting, mate. <laughs> who, <laughs> who in the right mind? Right, do you know? Right, do you know when you say to your kids, right? Let's just be honest. It, someone's seen something in and gone, yeah. Do you know what? You could be a pro footballer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, Fair enough. But what's happened to Van Dijk this season? Because he's n- nowhere near the heights. Do you think that injury... No. Has, I don't think he's ever rec- recovered fully from that. Can you really blame it on an injury? or It just seems it just like be... he just seems to have lost a step and it just, it, it just... it's like second-guessing himself all the time. I think, it's, I think you're right there. It's a bit of a second-guess. Is in the, in the past years, not many people got past him. No, um, not at all. I mean, look at his... You only have to look at his defending highlight reels. And more recently, the more people are getting past him, his positioning is out. Mm. Um, I think it's a me, confidence thing then, Jay. For me, yeah, also a confidence thing, but also our Jurgen Klopp setting up, right? Because we're playing at such a high line mm. and we haven't we haven't got the midfield. It starts from from that press. Liverpool, I think, would, would say started that 
high intensity pressing game of football, didn't they? They definitely brought it. Klopp definitely brought definitely it to brought England. It to Premier League. Yeah, yeah, he brought it from yeah. Dortmund. You could see that. Yeah. 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 So, where does that stem from? That stems from your attackers. Now, yeah. I've always said Roberto Firmino. Do you know what he does? He's like he's, he's like an absolute engine, and it, it reminded Pit me of that's yeah, so Dirk. funny you say that because I've said something similar about Dirk Kite. Dirk Kite. Um, that's Roberto Firmino. So that started all the way from there. Your midfield, as midfield is knackered, we're aged, we're old, and Jordan Henderson can't run and chase ball down like he used to do. No. Thiago's in his 30s. You've got Fabinho. Again, he's a, he's more he's close to Joe Gomez level, he is, at a minute. Wow. Um, um, I mean, you bought you bought in Gakpo. I wouldn't have really thought that was a signing you particularly needed at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, a priority was it? No, it's not a priority. And just going back to what you were saying there from from Van Dyke's point of view, and it stems from your attackers to midfield. That high line and the inconsistencies that Liverpool bring on themselves in in terms of well, Jurgen Klopp in his. Um, selection of, of players inconsistent. Yeah. You look at Chelsea um, when they went on their run. Look at Man City when now they've been on their run for for a fair few years. Man United. You look at the two of the biggest centre back pairings: Vidic, Ferdinand, John Terry, and, and who we've re with. Do you know Arsenal back in the day? Tony Adams and Keown. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Liverpool. You, you don't know whether it's going to be Van Dijk and, and Joe Gomez or whether it's Van Dijk and um, Matip or one week and then it's... What about what about Canate? Because he, he came in with what I thought was quite a lot of fanfare. A lot of people rated him. Yeah, and I like him. He's a young, he's lived a young up lad. to the height. Do, do, you think he's, do you think he's doing as well as people probably expected? Or I don't think he's been given the chance. He played in the World Cup final. Yeah, I'd agree with know? that. I don't think yeah. he's been there. I'm not sure. I don't, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's been given the chance. I don't think the rotation system at Liverpool has, has not done Canate's name any any good. No. I, I, I there, there is a, there's definitely a rotation going on. It's, it seems to be who, who's ever, it's Van Dijk and whoever. And it just doesn't yeah. seem yeah. to be that there's a, there's a five game stretch where it's got a that solid partner with him I mean they did yeah. they had Matip didn't they last year or and they seemed to have clicked and them two just purely yeah. gave, Matip's not the best defender in the world but because they had that consistency alongside Van Dijk it worked and, and they looked you know really solid you, together do you know when you've got a good spine or a team yeah, you can build it's pivotal it, you can build a, a, a team around a spine Two mm. good, two good solid midfielders through your middle two mm. solid absolute solid centre-backs a semi-decent keeper get a world-class keeper, you're going to win leagues. You're going to win... I, I always said that. Man United, through years, Peter Schmeichel in net and De Gea, do you know when he were in former his life for United? United started that... started a Premier League season on plus 12, 15 points because they're a good, solid keeper. Yeah. Um, and you've definitely and got that, you know, I think, I think you've got probably one of, Allison, if not yeah. the best keeper in the world. And yeah. I think, yeah. just touching on Gakpo's... Um, sort of situation and what Sam mentioned earlier and the sort of question I want to ask you is do you think that money for Gakpo could have been better spent saving up for a potential you know another centre midfielder because you touched on it there Jake just before you touched on it there where you know you press from the front and the reason that Liverpool were so successful in, in previous years is because they had that you know that really 
active, you know, workhorse yeah. of a midfield where if Trent went forward, one will cover. If Robertson went forward, one will cover. And and Henderson, uh, you know, it specifically hasn't really got the engine for that anymore because he's he's aging. So would you have rather uh-huh. maybe not sign Gakpo and maybe saved a little bit of money for potentially the Bellingham transfer pot? Or how do you feel about that situation? A little bit. I, I, I don't know. Do you know what? From an outside perspective, is you could speak to anybody. From an outside perspective, we only get to see what's published in papers and things like that. Now, inside Liverpool's own grounds, Jurgen Klopp obviously knows something or could know something that we don't. So they've, they've bought Gakpo for a reason. Yeah, I'd say is that there are a lot, or the, the centre mid or the midfield uh, position was, in my eyes, a little bit more urgent than signing Gakpo. He's, he's been signed for a reason. What's going off behind closed doors with Roberto Firmino end of the season? There's talks of him extending. There's talks of him not. Um, I don't know what's going off with sale of Liverpool. There were, the, I've read somewhere that there's, there's, they're only now selling a proportion of of Liverpool to fund transfers. Does that? What does that do? I don't know. It, it, it's a tricky one, isn't it? You look at, do we need him? No, but then again, look at Jota's on the sidelines. Um, Luis Diaz is on the sidelines. Salah's not really firing on all cylinders. Firmino's, it's a miss. I mean, it, oh, until the point that he was out, he was our main man, weren't he? Mm, yeah. But, yeah. I'll, uh, as, as much as it pains me to give Liverpool any kind of credit, you have been hit with quite a lot of injuries for players that would be either in that starting football. 11 or, or pushing. And you're right, but you mentioned the midfield and, and it's ageing, you know, players like Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, all in the 30s now and who's next in line. One player that I just very quickly want to get your opinion on, Jay, is is someone that's got a lot of minutes and a lot of time in that Liverpool lineup, and And so far, I have seen absolutely nothing whatsoever, not even one moment, to, to suggest that he is at a level that's required to wear that badge. And that's Harvey Elliott, what's what's your thoughts on him as a long-term option in that Liverpool midfield? I don't think I don't think you can say Harvey Elliott is um, uh, a player that you can put on at the beginning of a game and go right. He's going to go and win as a match. I think he is a player where you you coast in you two nil up, three nil up, three one, and you bring him on. Just yeah. to give you, just to keep that intensity, because bit of he's energy a, and a bit of, yeah, he's, he's a yeah. fast little tougher, isn't he? And um, but no, I don't think he is strong enough. Um, another one that that hasn't had the same opportunities yet um, as as RV Elliott because he's not been there. Yeah, that, that young lad Carvalho. Yeah, I think he looks think decent Bellingham. actually. What I've seen of him, yeah, it, it, he, he's he's different from Elliot in my in, in my opinion. If he's looked decent when he's had the yeah. chance, but he's a bit more of a part of that yeah. front three, isn't he, as opposed to part of that midfield three? I'd I, I'd I def, I'd dare say and and go as far as saying I'd send Carvalho out on loan um, yeah. to get more um, more playing time under his belt, just to give him that bit of a a boost because again he's such a young kid. Um, RV Elliott, could he could he go somewhere in Europe? I certainly wouldn't loan him to a to a prem team, 
but I'd put him in a in a strong European side, Europa League, bottom end Champions League side again. Just do you not think he'd do well up. something like a Villa, something like that? I wouldn't loan him to a to a Prem side. I know obviously you can't you, you can't play against your parent club, but it can still affect he can still influence a game. Can he? That not all a player can still um, influence a game um, against a side that you're. Yeah, you're see what you're saying. Yeah, where well, you're relying on results, he might affect. Yeah, he's competing yeah. against, and he's a pro footballer. At the end of the day, he's going to do his job, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So no, I said that we're loan him to a, a prem side. Um, that's some good insight there from a from a Liverpool fan in a season that is has not lived up to the standards that the, the high standards that Liverpool have, have set over recent years. But Aggie, yeah. it's it's time, isn't it, mate? It's it time is, to yes. get into the, the main event. Can I just ask one question? Go for Let's it, mate. Just one question: Is is there anybody that believes Liverpool can make top four? No, no. Yes, no. absolutely. No. City United, City United, Arsenal, Newcastle in, in any order you want for me this season will finish top four. I think it I think it could be close between Newcastle and Liverpool. I think maybe into running. I think Tottenham might drop off a bit more. I think Newcastle drop off just a little bit more. And I think United will finish third, City second, and Arsenal. I think Arsenal will win league. Um, and I think Liverpool might just be knocking on door, but I don't think they'll. I think Newcastle just might have enough, a bit enough for it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think. Jay said there, you know, can you see Liverpool finishing top four? Yeah, absolutely, I can see it. They can go on a mad run and, and they can sneak in there most definitely. If you put a gun to my head, I'd, I'd probably say no, but can I see it? Yeah, I think with Klopp in charge, uh, anything's possible. So, fingers crossed for you, mate. Fair. Okay. No, fingers crossed, mate. I hope you get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the locks and the wild cards. Jay, on, let's have it. You was asked to prepare a team that you are most confident in winning this weekend. Any game between Friday and Sunday evening, a goal scorer at any point, and a wild card, so an upset. So we'll start by asking you for your lock team, so the team you are most confident in getting a win this weekend. Can't I choose Grassmore? <laughs> they're not. They're not in the allocated <laughs> leagues, mate. That's, Kent wants to go Dronfield every week, but we have to keep telling him no. <laughs> Um, my lock of the week is Leighton Orient against Barrow. Okay. Nice. Okay. Like it. Break it down, nice. mate. What's your reasoning? Top of the league. Um, Barrow, I think, are just sitting... Uh, it may be in the last spot of playoffs last time I was looking. Um, Leighton Orient's own form is good. Um, yeah, that was what influenced what we're looking at, to be fair. Barrow away. Mm. Well, I, I think just think Leighton Orient. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah. as a, as good a pick as any, to be honest. Solid pick, solid pick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Forest, pick, so we'll let you have it. Have you not, too much? You've not took mine, so I'm happy. Okay. Right, Ag. Who's uh, going out Ruslock? I have done a spinny wheel for this, and oh. the first name out Come was... On, fuckers. Come on. Sam. Yeah! Uh, Come, on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Brutal. Come on. Right. Okay. You dare. I'll kill you. I don't think it will be, but... <laughs> I'm going my lock of the week. I'm going Burnley at home against Cobham. Oh, that's mine. That's mine. You fucking... Have we all gone it? said, I don't think so. And then everyone went We've all gone it. We've all gone it. Shit, okay. fucking 
Burnley, first in the league at home against 14th place Coventry. Coventry is just an absolute free fall at minute. Can I just make a comment on Coventry, by the way? Ever since you said they were doing all right, they've yeah. fucking dog shit. A free fall. The Before they break it out, I said, oh, we'll beat them. And Sam were like, oh, no, they've, they've done all right this season. I had them as my, my wild well. card that weekend. And now they look at them now. You fucking bastard. Wow. He's a fucking knobhead, isn't he? Yeah, no, that's uh, pretty self self-explanatory by the uh, reaction I've had from these pairs so that's exactly why I'm backing them Sam Burnley are in good form at the minute Um, obviously Coventry having that pumping from Wrexham do you not think that they're now going to go out and try and prove something though no I think that that pumping from Wrexham I think that just epitomises where they are at the minute I think they're just they're, they're a bit of a mess Burnley, like you say, absolutely flying. I, I just can't see past them at all. So, yeah, I'm quite confident with my number one yeah. pick there, my lock. Okay. It's just, it's just my luck. I'll have them on my accumulator and Coventry all week. <laughs> can't believe he's, he's got first. He's well up Burnley. That. So, ever, that is, that's probably the biggest, like, impact yeah. the Wheelers had. Where, I think so. Like, yeah, we've all gone for it, haven't we? Everyone yeah, has got that Burnley. Was everyone's first choice. Oh, was that you as well, Ag? Yeah, yeah. That was my first choice. <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely chuffed with that one. Lucky fucking prick. This is, on, why, uh, this is why we go for a backup. So, second on the wheel was Mr. Kemp. Yeah! <laughs> God. So, my first choice was obviously Burnley. Uh, my yeah, second yeah, choice yeah. is Exeter. Forest uh, okay. Green Rovers have lost their last four. They're in very poor form. I think, I think they're 23rd at the minute. Uh, League One, I think, for a club like Forest Green, no, no disrespect, but I think it's just a little bit big for them. Um, and uh, and Exeter are going well recently, two wins on the spin. Uh, so yeah, I'm going Exeter to beat Forest Green Rovers. Fair enough. Okay. The, the fact that Aggie has been last on the wheel so many times yeah. is making me feel sick because it's likely <laughs> that I'm last now and I need to very quickly get a backup for my backup and he's about to take my second pick. You know what? Oh, man. It's funny you should say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because I was next off the wheel. So it's oh, me. Fuck. Please don't pick mine. And I'm going please. as my please. backup, please. Stevenage, away yes. against Harrogate. I'm now, I know you don't like... No, no, no. I know you don't like the away Are you fucking serious? No, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 100% serious. So I know you don't like the going for the away teams, but... They beat Aston Villa the other day. Harrogate are 19th at the moment in League Two. Stevenage a second. The High Flyers, they're in very good form. Harrogate are struggling at the bottom of the Football League. So even though they're away from home, I think Stevenage are going to be too good. That's Very for your sake, it comes going to be pissed up after Villa from after Villa game. And <laughs> I, I my first choice was a home game. Clip so. next week of us rinsing him in Monday's review show when he fucked up picking an away game again. But Aggie. I'm going to go easy on you because you've not taken my back up, so I'm happy with that. You go for it. Uh, are we ready? So, yeah, uh, I wanted Burnley. I really wanted Burnley. I'm down to the last two in the last man standing that I'm doing, and Burnley will be my pick this week. But my backup this week is Upham the Blades, Sheffield yeah, United. Here we go. Yeah. They have won, what, two, four, six out of the last seven games, drawing the other game. They've only lost one out of the last 10, 11 games. Stoke, to be fair to them, are in half-decent form, but Sheffield United at home at Bramall Lane should have enough to see it through. So Sheffield United are my uh, my lock of the week. You say Stoke in half-decent form. They've not they've won one in the last four, and that was four games ago. So 
they're not that good. Yeah, they they won in Cup, didn't they? What I mean, it's Hartley Pool. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. Yeah, they won the last yeah, game, but yeah, not in yeah. the league. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll take Sheffield United, but on the record, I really, really, really fucking wanted Burnley. You, you want <laughs> Burnley definitely aren't winning now, right? <laughs> Mate, I was just about to say, but Sam's picked them, so that gives me hope they're not going to win this week. Which yeah, and hopefully Blades, Blades, Blades can hey, win and catch hey, up on hey, some points. Hey, I'll have you fucking know. Awesome. It was the only one to get all their picks right last week. Yeah, we're not going to live that down until somebody yeah, else manages never, to live that down. Okay, oh. so go on, mate. You were going to say something then. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but just to make you aware is that Stoke have beat Sheffield United on the last two games. Fuck them, mate. I never go head-to-head because that's probably have, 2018 and 2008 yeah, or something. So, yeah, yeah, fuck them. last year, my friend. Yeah, yeah we didn't have Elliman and Jai firing on all cylinders then. <laughs> we're ready to go. Okay, right, score, score, is yeah, it? Jay, your lock scorer for the week. Just I think I might, I might have uh, taken somebody's here. Go on. Um, Chewbrack Pom. Oh, he has an all. He fucking not has an all. You're not a fucking prick. It was my fucking... He's a, I've not even got a backup because I was so confident. <laughs> Mate, was, it was mine. Was it was my first choice as well. <laughs> Jay is fucking shit up in this. I've not That's even got a backup. You ain't quite back on. <laughs> And I've just realised I'm first because I was last, so I need to be fucking quick while yes. Jay breaks it down. Go on, Jay. Um, he's, he's scored five in his last three games, hasn't he? Four games, sorry. Yeah, it's You flying. don't need to tell us, lad. We all had him. It's flying, mate. 13 <laughs> and 19. Yeah. Knows where net is. He does. He does. It's a good pick. Like I say, two of us have had it, so can't what be bad. Darwin Nunes. <laughs> Stop the fucking outfit and take him. Um... <laughs> Is that Dawson next then? It is Dawson next, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm fucking on. panicking. I tell you what, if now Darwin I'm panicking. Nunes, if Darwin Nunes could bag his chances, he'd, he'd be on about twice oh, as many goals as Erling Haaland was for the uh, <laughs> amount of chances he gets. Um, I'll be honest, I'm just talking shit. Not just because I've had a cam, but because you better I'm not just fucking. To get a pick. If you just land on my backup, I'm yeah, if you take my first here. one now, what a fucking chance. Uh, I, for my, oh shit, I should have, I, I thought no one's going to pick him. And I fucked up big time. So, I am going to go for... You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put my name to his name. And yeah. I'm going to go Darwin Nunes to oh score my away God. at Brighton. Um, he's got a can, he? He's fucking bladdered. He's gone rogue. <laughs> Tell you what. I rate Darwin Nunes purely for his work rate. You cannot question it. Yes, he is. Missed. No one's questioned... No one has questioned his work rate. The <laughs> question is finishing. Yeah, his finishing is <laughs> Which is what poor. a scorer is. But I did mention on last week's preview show that I did fancy him to get a goal against Wolves, which he did do. So let's start fucking converting the chances that he's getting. He's getting a lot every single game. So I'll go Darwin against Brian. Just you know what? Go on, Jay. I think he's, he's just been given a, a lifetime subscription, hasn't he, at Specsavers? <laughs> uh, I'm very surprised there, Dawson. Right. I really, really thought when you were scrambling, I thought you'd, be, you'd, you'd jump onto Rashford there. Thought you'd have gone on to yeah, Rashford. I, I quite fancy him in Manchester Derby, to be honest. I was worried you were going to take mine. Uh, as I'm up next, I'm going to tell you I'm going for Harry Kane. Oh, he okay, scored always eight. Safe bet. He's gone. He's scored eight goals in his last ten appearances against Arsenal, and he hasn't gone a full season without scoring against Arsenal since the 2013-14 season. Oh, I love that stat. Love that. So big stat from you, Aggie. Do you know? So I'm going to back Check. Harry Kane to Check score, Jeno. and it's a home game, so you'll all be happy with that against Arsenal. Go on, Kemp, you're up, mate. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, follow the Sam um, recipe oh, in no. the sense of choosing my scorer playing for the same team as I've chosen my lock. Oh, okay. So, uh, Sam Nom, who is the striker for Exeter, he's going really well and so are Exeter, as I mentioned, 
Um, he's the third top scorer in the league. He's got 11 goals so far this season. And Forest Green have conceded five goals in their last two games. So I'm going with Sam Nom. Why bloody not? Is that me next? It is. So I've gone Ross Stewart for Sunderland against Swansea. Oh, great pick. Thank you very much. Mm. He's um, got nine goals in 11 games. And he's actually got a little tidbit for you here. He's actually got the best goal per minute ratio in the championship yeah, this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, just, he's only played 11 games, but he's scored nine goals. So, yeah, Ross Stewart is my pick for Sunderland. But just, um, obviously, I, I got the opportunity to go to the playoff final at Wembley against Wickham, and he was absolutely brilliant. And, and in that game, while I was watching it, I thought he'd do well this season. And you're absolutely right there with what you said there, Sam, about goals per minute. He's had quite a few injuries, and he yeah. came back and within about, he missed about seven, eight games, and within about six minutes of being back on the pitch, he'd scored. So, yeah, he, I can see him getting a, not a, obviously a top Premier League team, but I, I think we'll see him in the Premier League sooner rather than later. So, uh, for me, that's a great pick. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, Jay, on to the wild card. Big upset that you're expecting this weekend. Mm, I think I could have somebody upset here, here as well. Oh, dear. Go oh, fuck dear. yourself in advance. Oh, I hope we don't pick going... one. I am going to go with Blackpool away at Watford. Yes. Oh, here we go. That's a fucking, that is a wild card, by me. the way. Mate, I'll be honest, I considered them for mine, so I'll, I'll wow. give Jay this. But Jay, break down why you've gone for them. Watford um, have lost three of their last four games. Blackpool, okay. Blackpool have just pumped Forest 4-1 in FA Cup. Yeah. Um, only lost one in their last five. And that was 2-1 to Sheffield. I think that was other Friday, between Christmas and New Year. And um, I think Blackpool have, have got, might have something there to, to spoil Watford. Why bloody not? I like not. that pick. I like Why that pick. It's, uh, it's me next, isn't it? It is Sam, yeah. Oh, to you I'm for your wild card. And I I'm can tell you now, my pick knows. is gone. I reckon yeah, mine's gone at some so, point. So, my pick is... Manchester United oh, there it is. Manchester yeah, City That's my at Old Trafford mm, in the yeah. Manchester derby. Um, Break it down, mate. Just a brief breakdown, obviously. To justify it, firstly, United at home are 16-5 to 5 with the bookies and yeah. City are odds-on at 17-20. to 20. So Doesn't happen they are, often, does it? Does not happen often. And you just think the forms... City aren't, aren't playing good football at the minute. Obviously, they lost last night to... Um, to Southampton, they played, they played terrible. Southampton were brilliant. Mate, they put um, a good side out as well. It was, a, it was a, put that on the record. Yeah, a pretty strong side. Um, before then, they drew it home to Everton. They've lost to Brentford. It, this seems to be. I know they've they've just battered t- Chelsea back to back, but let's be fair, that's not looking like a hard task at the minute. Um, I just think this seems to be their their mid season blip, and I think United are going to hit them right at the, at the good time. United are on the up, and I I really fancy United. To um, yeah, to beat City, and I've just realised that I'm at a fucking spa day for that, so uh, I won't even be able to watch it. Off twelve kickoff, mate. Go fuck yourself. You deserve it for taking my pick yet again. <laughs> yeah. Mine's gone as well. Kemp, did you have that as well? No, I didn't, mate. Actually, to be fair, I didn't. I uh, I'm I'm sort of hoping and praying that City prove me right and go on and win the title. So I don't want to be picking against them where I can avoid it. They can drop um, three points in one game, mate. Come on. Yeah, but you know, if Arsenal win and City lose, then it's not looking that good. That would be scarce then, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that, that Gerard yeah. F1 me where it's like, yeah. Yeah. 
because Jay's here, I thought I'd just, yeah, you know, it. Bit, bit of inclusive. Catch you that's like it. That's it. That's it. Uh, so I've gone with Nottingham Forest. You oh um, my god! Dirty scab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, isn't it? So Break it Forest, down. Uh, they're unbeaten in six at home, surprisingly. Um, at home, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, oh no, they were yeah, away yeah, last Leicester. week, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Leicester, unfortunately, have lost three on the spin in the league. Um, James Madison's still out, which is a big miss, and they've got a, a fair injury list of Leicester at the moment, and they're not in the uh, in the best form. Their season picked up a little bit, but then it seems to have gone down the shitter a little bit in the last few days, uh, weeks, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I've gone for my wild card, Nottingham Forest, to beat Leicester. Is, would you say that's your classic six-pointer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely so. And like I say, on 17 you know, they're going to be up for it. They're going to be right up for it. You know, I'm surprised that, you know, Forest are sort of underdogs for that one. But, hey, they were when I checked and that's all I'm going to go on. So, uh, yeah, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, Forest are 17 to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leicester are 13 to 8. So, not much in it, really. It, it qualifies for the uh, wild card, doesn't it? Yeah, Thank you, mate. Does. Thank you. That's fair. Uh, my first one was for United to beat City. So, I'm going to have to go yeah, for my backup. And, Jay, I am going to apologise. But I've got Brighton to beat Ooh. Liverpool. That was my backup. That was my backup, I must admit. Um, Jay, so what do you reckon to that? Well, you're going to ask me what score predictions are soon, so I'll wait until... Well, say it, say it, say it. He's fucking agreeing with me. He's listened before, and I go on, Aggie, break it down, mate. Um, there's only a point separating the two sides. Liverpool aren't the Liverpool, like we've already discussed, that we know of that have been performing so well over the last couple of years. Brighton, I thought that when Potter left to Chelsea, it was going to be a bit of a downward spiral for Brighton, but it shows that the players are still performing quite well. They're still competing and they've still got a chance to get into Europe and they've performed so well against some of the big sides. Obviously, they've taken the game to Arsenal, to Man City, to United and, of course, to Liverpool in the past as well. So I think this Brighton side's going to be up for it and going to be ready to cause an upset. Fair enough. I like it. (laughs) Get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) me up yeah Yeah. Um, fortunately my backup is still in play and I'm going to take Morecambe to win away at Cambridge United in League 1 now Morecambe have uh, they've not won an away game in 12 games and they've lost 10 of those so on paper you're probably thinking why the fuck have I gone for that but Cambridge Cambridge United have lost their last three Morecambe have won their last three and I was really, really, I had all my, I had everything on United being my uh, my wildcard pick, but obviously they've been taken. But they both sit on 24 points after 25 games. And like I said, Morecambe have won the last three. Cambridge have lost the last three. So I think at some point Morecambe are going to win an away game after their absolutely torrid uh, form. So I'm going to put my, my name to uh, this one being the one. So yeah, Morecambe away at Cambridge United is my wildcard this week. Okay, that concludes the locks and the wild cards for football, but there are still three other games to go through, Skin. Yes, Jay, so. So, as you know, as part of this listener mm-hmm. lock-in, we are running a competition. They're giving you the potential at six points. Now, Carrowin kicked us off last week and got what is known as the Kemp, and that is one point out of <laughs> an available six. So, so far... Last week, dickhead. So far, you've gone for Leighton Orient as your lock, Akpom as your scorer, and Blackpool as your wildcard. I'm going to give you three games now, mate. I would like you to provide your score prediction for those three games and hopefully um, put yourself in first place as it stands as we go through the rest of the season. So, as you've already mentioned yourself, the first game that we're going to present to you is Brighton 
versus yeah. Liverpool. What is your score prediction? So I don't know if you guys know this, but what Jurgen Klopp does with Liverpool uh, when they play away, they take a few crates of beers on team bus. <laughs> I didn't know that. Are you taking the piss? No, no, genuine. Oh, I'll play with a kid. <laughs> okay, when, break it down. If, if Liverpool win away, he allows the players to have a few beers. I like it. Um, and unfortunately, them beers are not going to get cracked again this weekend. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Here we go. He's back in the wild card. Go on. Um, I'm going for a 2-2 draw. Nice. 2-2 right. draw for a potential point. What's your reason there? Just away from home, Brighton in Liverpool, a little bit of form. Liverpool, just Liverpool away from home. Horrible. Horrible. Um, just don't give me much confidence at all. I mean, my brother rang me up when we played Brentford. 3-1 and he was like they're going to pump us I was like shut up wish you'd no. me can't huh? um, <laughs> um yeah again just Liverpool away Two right and they're in good form um they've got a semi-decent atmosphere at their ground they're going to make it difficult aren't they whether it's Anfield or what they're going to do the best to try and make it difficult for us but I think they've they've got enough to, to certainly take a, a point. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I don't want to speak for the rest of the lads, but I hope they agree. But I appreciate you putting your bias aside for the purpose of the listener locking competition. Mm. Mm. Two, two. So, Absolutely. your second game, mate, is the aforementioned early kickoff on Saturday Manchester United versus Manchester City. What is your score prediction there? 3 1 City. Oh, oh, Motherfucker. I thought you were about to drop it. <laughs> he come back United there, could he? Let's be fair. Confident with a, a pretty comfortable City win there, yeah? Uh, there's, what made me go is Man City lost last night, obviously, 2-0 uh, Southampton. Chelsea, they won comfortably in FA Cup. But again, it leagues... I think it was Sam, you mentioned it just always. It came that City just seemed to be dropping off a bit, but yeah. during that Manchester derby, um, they... They tend to turn it on, don't they? I think they've scored eight, nine goals or something in the last two games. Yeah, something it was six three, weren't it, in the return fixture early in the late, uh, earlier in the season? Yeah, so yeah, I think I think it's uh, a three one, three one win city that for me. Fair enough, mate. And uh, the last game for your uh, for your listener locking predictions, we move to Sunday. And it is the North London derby, Tottenham Hotspur versus Arsenal. It's a massive game, mate. What uh, what what score are you putting your name to there? Two one Arsenal. Ooh, okay, break yeah, that one down. I think I fancy them as well. Um, Arsenal are just in form of their lives, aren't they? I think um, that key word is is momentum, and yep. they just seem to be doing all the right things. My Arteta he, he is is a flamboyant one, isn't he? On sidelines, and he gets some <laughs> a flamboyant one. That's the most. That's probably the most old school term we've had on this podcast. Twenty one episodes. Yeah. Um, he, he gets yeah, one because we've got Agazar contributors. So <laughs> he lives in nineteen fucking thirties. So traditional yeah, is the word. Is um, is is an irate one, and I just I just think he's just going to get them pumped up. If if obviously Liverpool don't win the league this season, which we're not going to do, um, I want Arsenal to do it. Okay, I really just do very, want Arsenal to do it. 
we, as you know, Joe, you you listen to pretty much every episode, and we've had a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. But just for the record, so you can put it out there, you, you you know your house and everything is on the line right now. Who are you backing to win the title, assuming City or Arsenal? My house. Um... So he's panicking. <laughs> <sighs> Do you know what? If you were asking me this, if I was on the show three, four weeks down the line, having known, obviously, what the results were, we Arsenal, Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Arsenal, Man United, I think it'd be a bit easier. But those games not being played... Right now, who's your money on? Because we've got an even split on the Loaded Sports show right now. So right now, commit, be the deciding vote. City. Okay, so Kerouin kicked us off. Shaffy goes point. wild. <laughs> Shaffy goes Shaffy. wild. Shaffy loves it. <laughs> so have him on the show to hear his thoughts, especially with the point of the season it'll be on. So, Jay, so um, yes, Kerouin set a very high bar of one point for you to beat, and what you're <laughs> going to attempt to beat him with this week is Leighton Orient as your lock, at Palmer as your scorer, Blackpool as your wild card, Liverpool and Brighton to fight out a two-two draw, Manchester City to go to Old Trafford and win three-one and Arsenal to win 2-1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We will sit through mm-hmm. and review those uh, predictions on Monday's review show or Tuesday's release. And, uh, mate, I'll be honest, if you don't get more than one, you've had a bit of a shocker. But, mate, I'll I'll speak for everyone and tell me again if uh, if anyone disagrees. But it's been a pleasure having you on, hearing your mm-hmm. thoughts. Absolutely. That's very, good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad, mate. Your very honest thoughts on Liverpool season so far. But we'll, uh, we'll close off with this question. Like We're going to close off with every guests that we have on from now till the rest of the season but mm-hmm. who is your sporting hero and why Steven Gerrard I drink his bath water <laughs> happy days we'll be back shortly to review what is the best or preview what is the best weekend of the year which is wildcard weekend Welcome back to episode 21 of Loaded Sport. We are now going to start previewing what Dawson claims <laughs> is the greatest weekend in the NFL calendar. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind, rewind. There's no fucking claim, and it is not of the NFL calendar. It is the best weekend of the year. Would you say it's better of. than Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Super Bowl 100%. Sunday is the best Sunday of the year. Wildcard weekend okay. is the best weekend of the year. Oh, yes, every fucking year. Thank you, do. you, Sam. You do, and I'll keep on getting it wrong. That's Not it. like you, that Jeno. No, no. I'm normally very <laughs> accurate with it all, aren't I? Very accurate. 21 off, right. episodes into Loaded Sport, and that is the most passive-aggressive <laughs> comment so far. <laughs> Right, let's kick things off with the locks, but we're going to do them a bit differently with it being wildcard weekend and only a few games to pick from. Yeah, it means pickings. it doesn't really matter if you're picking somebody else's, they can also pick it. That's yeah, absolutely it's fine. All, it's, it's all love in the NFL for the rest of the season, isn't it? <laughs> so. yeah. Right, um, but I did do the wheel anyway, and the first name up was Kemp. You fucking Ooh. prick. It came natural, I'm sorry, it fell out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
<laughs> I, I, I did prepare backups anyway. Yeah, I did. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I did Love that, that, but I did. And now the problem I've got is that I can't choose. <laughs> can, can I can I guess which one it is? Because I think mine are going to be safe. Go on then. Is it is it Bills at Night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we just all put our hands up if we all got that as uh, safe? What? I've got what, Bills, what, what? yeah. As, as your locks right, and backups. Right. Right. Well, I'm spoilers. Gonna... Right, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with what my first choice was, and that was the uh, the 49ers. Nice. Um, the Seahawks have have squeaked their way into the playoffs, to say the least. Um, and the Niners have looked, let's be honest, pretty unstoppable these last few weeks. Um, I think the Seahawks, and I'll get on to this later on, but their run defense is third worst in the league. Um, and uh, and as we know, um, the, the 49ers run at the minute is nothing to be sneaked. They're coming at, up against so. that Stanford boy, aren't they? Ooh, so yes, 49ers Aggie. are my lock. Yes, Aggie, go fuck yourself. But I'm going to wear my uh, CMC number five Stanford shirt when they're, when they're like playing it. Saturday night. Like, Ooh, I've got it. You ain't going to be with me, ain't going to bother me. Is mate, I'll send you pictures <laughs> of me fucking masturbating in nothing but that CMC shirt. Who's next, Aggie? Uh, it, <laughs> it's me. I'm next. Um, cool. and I heard what you've just said about the, the bill, so I'm gonna go to my backup, which is the Bengals to beat the Ravens. Ooh, nice. okay. Um, it okay. seems like at the moment Lamar's out. Lamar is also yeah, set to potentially be on yeah. his way yeah. out from Baltimore together. So, for me, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Bengals are going to walk all over the Ravens. Yeah, fair. I think just before we move on to the next one, Sam, you had a, a bit of an opinion on Lamar being out and what sort of position that puts the, the Ravens in in the playoffs. So I suppose mm. it's a good time to cover that. Yeah, I suppose it is, as good, good as any. Um, I just think if he's after this much of a contract, you've got to be there on one leg, haven't you? I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, be so biased and keep going about Green Bay. We're completely irrelevant at this point in the season, but you look back in years past when Rodgers and that, he, he's happily played on one leg. He's of course earning so much money, but he will play when he's, when he re- essentially can't walk. And I think when you, when you want to get paid that amount of money, you should be expected to, you know, grin and bear it and and, and put it all on the line. You've, you've, you've got, got to be all... a fucking warrior, aren't you? You've got to show your. It's team the NFL at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a it's a man's sport, and I think you've got all off season to recover. Um, is it not the second year in a row? Is is by the way, is missed the the end of the season? Did he not? Did, I did think the he missed not... it last year as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this is can't uh, help his contract negotiations um, and, of... and also just to very quickly add on to that when they have made the playoffs that's always been our joke in our group of friends obviously Liam is a Ravens fan about Lamar fumbling and all that kind of stuff so when they've got to the playoffs either A he's been one of the main reasons why they've not got further or he's just not been there in the first place yeah no, no, I agree. That's that's that. That was my opinion. I just think it's not helping his contract. It should be out there. The, the Ravens themselves have said they're they're actually upset at how long it's taken him to recover from this injury. It's it's gone on longer than you know they normally say. Oh, Lamar's out for four week or whatever. It's actually about six weeks now. So it's it's longer than than what they first anticipated, which they they are uh, quite disappointed in. And I don't think it's going to help his contract negotiations. It's just not very durable, is he? I think what ain't going to help him in that game as well is the fact that the last couple of days, Tyler Huntley has also been uh, listed as questionable on the yeah. report. So yeah. they might not even have the backup quarterback for that game. So probably strengthens my argument. Brett Hundley, isn't he? I think, is it Brett Hundley? Yo, man. Oh, oh, sure. Dear. Not oh, sure. Dear. But yeah, it probably strengthens <laughs> it, it, why the Bengals are going to be the Ravens. It's a great for a playoff matchup against the informed Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Nope. Um, right, next up, skin. Yes, mate. Um, well, look, it, it, the wheel isn't as important as it has been, especially in the football section with us being able to pick um, the same as other people. But my luck of the week has to be the Niners at home to Seahawks. Seahawks, in all fairness to them, have won the last two games to uh, to make the playoffs. They they beat the Jets comfortably. They beat the Rams after overtime in what was a very, very good game. But Niners are the informed team. They've won 10 in a row. Brock Purdy is, is ranking first in a lot of very, very major stats that you want from your quarterback. So, yeah, it, it's got to be the Niners as luck of the weekend for me. I'm really sorry, Aggie. No, mate, it's fine. It's, it's no problem. Sam? So, yeah, for the... Purpose of being a bit different, I'm going to change and I'm going to go to the Bills to, to beat the Dolphins at home. Um, I think, as I say, Tua is out um, and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't look like he's ready, ready in time. So they've got the rookie Skylar Thompson who's going to come in. He was the quarterback drafted before Brock Purdy. So yeah. Brock Purdy was the very last quarterback drafted, very last player drafted. But then the, the second to last quarterback that was drafted was Skylar Thompson, and obviously he's not he's not played any games at all, so he's not going to be ready. I don't think he's got to go into Buffalo. Buffalo at the minute, obviously after uh, Demar Hamlin, they've just got they've got a little bit of something about them, I think, and there's going to be a lot of emotion in um, in Orchard Park, and I, and I think the Bills are going to absolutely steamroll them here, to be honest. That's fair enough. So Sam will stick with you for the scorer. Scorer, okay. Um, so I've backed and forward, gone backwards and forwards on this, and I think I am going to go for Gabe Davis against the Dolphins. Okay, Playoff. interesting. Playoff now Gabe. I, I'll just very quickly put my input in before breaking it down, if you don't mind, because I I drafted Davis as as one of my first wide receivers in fantasy this year okay. expecting him to to do really really well as a lot of people do you know i'm not going to say oh i saw something in him a lot of people were predicting to have a bit of a more yeah. of a breakout season after that performance against chiefs in the playoffs last season but he's been very hit and miss he he is literally pro- well i say literally probably the most on or off player of the season, he is either really, really on, or he does next to nothing. So, what mm. do you see in Davis with that matchup with the Dolphins that's made you go for him as your scorer this weekend? I, I just, I just think the Bills are going to have plenty of the ball. I think there's going to be a, a shitload of Bills offense. Um, I think with with the QB situation in in Miami, I just think they're not they're not going to pick up many first downs. So, I just think the, the more offense, the more the balls in um, Allen's uh, Josh Allen's hand. I just think he's going to spread it out evenly amongst his, uh, his his receiving core and I think he's gonna he's gonna get one. And as I say, last year in the playoffs it was uh, it was spectacular and I think oh, he's mate, gonna, it was unbelievable. I'm gonna I'm gonna back him again to 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 kick start his form again in the playoffs. You've charmed me. Thank you. Skin, who's yours? Am I up next, am I? You are, yeah. Oh bless you. Um I'm gonna go after I'm gonna have to go for the the man that's been mentioned already. Uh, CMC is he, my first pick. We don't have to change it, but he's not been mentioned already. But yeah, CMC, such a threat on the ground, which uh, I'm sure you'll agree, Aggie. Seahawks have uh, have not been great against the run this season. He's such a threat in that play action, in the passing game, absolutely everything. If CMC is, is fully fit, he is, for me, the most well-rounded threat uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And, and since he joined the Niners, he has been fully fit, and, and and what a trade they made, by the way, 
Um, you know, you know, one of the one of the main opinions we had at the time was it was a great trade if he could stay fit, and he has done that so far, and he has complemented their scheme so brilliantly well. So yeah, I've I've got to go CMC as a a leading light and a leading force as to the reason why Niners beat Seahawks this weekend. Yeah, it is me next, and I did have CMC as my first, but I'm going to go to my backup anyway. Oh bless you! I am going to go uh, with Austin Eckler. Okay. Um, yes. I think was the, the majority of the Chargers offense this season has ran through Austin Eckler and against the Jags. I think it, I think it's going to be a high scoring game between the two. I think both it's, they're just going to be trading points, to be fair. And I think it's a given that Austin Eckler is going to get on the score sheet against them. So I'm uh, I'm standing by Eckler. Kemp? Uh, I thought about doing what the, what you've just done, I I thought about going with my backup because Dawson had gone with my first one. But of course it is, I'm mate. You love picking a Niners playing for you. But I'm, not as, but I'm not as generous as you, Adam. So I'm going to go with CMC. Um, as Dawson mentioned, I don't really need to go into this very much, but yeah, run defence by the Seahawks. The first, third worst in the league, I believe. And, uh, and and as Dawson's mentioned, CMC's so dangerous in, you know, in, in receiving. You know, He's a quarterback's watching. best friend. He's oh, dangerous. He's, he's dangerous passing. He's dangerous everywhere. So uh, yeah, um, he's he's not just a dual threat, but a, a triple threat uh, at Ben Musgrove. Um, so yeah, yeah so. <laughs> that's brilliant. Out he's, of interest, who was your backup? Um, Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, Adoree Jackson, who's been the Giants' best corner uh, this season, is he, injured. We're obviously going to struggle to cover a player like Justin Jefferson. Uh, I can see him scoring a touchdown or two, but uh, but I've, I've like I say, I'm not as generous as you, Ag. So I'm going to play it safe and go with uh, with with CMC. Okay, well we're going to stick by you to go for the wild card then. My wild card this wild card weekend. It's for the New York football <laughs> game. <laughs> I weren't so sure. I weren't sure if you dared put your name to it. Baby. Let's go. Let's go. I'm all baby. in. Give it's it's the most obvious. It's, it's the most obvious wildcard choice, to be fair. I think it's, it's if not the, one of the closest games this weekend. Yeah, um, so. And it's obviously the one I'm most passionate about. Uh, you know, we, we've proved this season that we can get the offense rolling, that we can beat good teams. Um, you know, Green Bay, for example, sorry, Sam, you know, you weren't too bad when we played you sort of going into that game. Stop uh, bringing that fucking game up. <laughs> London, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. And, uh, and, and the Ravens as well, just to, just to name a couple. Um, we've rested some players against the Eagles, so we, we should be pretty fresh. Um, you know, Minnesota are a good team. You know, they're not, not a great team, I don't think, at the minute, but they're a good team. And uh, and I think New York, like Dawson, you say, any given Sunday and with Coach Dayball at the helm, let's go Big Blue. Why not? Okay. Um, it is me up next. And when I came towards looking for these games and, and what the wild cards really could be, I really struggled to find one that stood out for me. And then, Kemp, you told me about you putting a bet on the Giants to win the Super Bowl. Oh. So I thought I'd have a look. And the odds shown... That we were eighty to one to win oh, the Super Bowl, fuck off. and I thought I'm selling out. <laughs> I'm going for the Seahawks oh, to beat the Niners. God. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! That's a brilliant. Oh, I love that. Can, can, so before Aggie, before Aggie breaks down why he's gone for that as his wildcard, can we just appreciate the brilliant lead into that pick there? 
Yeah, he's completely threw us off. It's David Dunn reverse past that. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking David Dunn gone fit. Ramona has, tripped over himself. Fucking his eyes and everything. <laughs> he his has tripped eyes. over himself. He has, as well. He, I'll that's tell you what. He's, he's he's the complete diff- opposite of Mudge there, where he's given us eyes and gone somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes, Chico. They always yeah, lie. Uh, they are, they always Come on, Aggie. Tell us why. My reasoning for that is literally day. I've put two words, and that is go Hawks. Everyone that's has written it. us off all season. Nobody expected us to be in the playoffs any given Sunday. Why fucking not? That's it. I was just about to say, I'll take your two words and I'll raise you three. And that is any given Sunday. There you go. Um, Skin, over to you. I'm about to fuck my own shit up, lads, because I had, despite the fact that we can go for whoever we want and not have to worry if someone's picked them, I had a backup ready. And I fucked off my first choice. And I fucked off my backup. Okay. The very last minute when Kemp was talking about his, I've taken a team that I did not have written down in my notes. So before I get into it, I did have the New York Football Giants as my Mm, first pick. I then had what for me is the hardest game to pick from this weekend. And I took the Jacksonville Jaguars as my second pick. But in what is potentially my ever my last ever chance and opportunity to oh, back my boy, oh, my hero, <laughs> the man that is tattooed on my leg, the man oh, that I named my son after, I am going to take this opportunity to back the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, shit, I can't. Shit, I can't. There's a Monday Night Football. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. After all that. It. After all that sell there. Um, I can't even do it, so I'm going to have to backtrack. <laughs> and I'll... Uh, you know what? I do... I, I want to pack the Giants, mate. I really, really do, and I want to give you that hope, but I'll go Jacksonville as my yeah, You're such I a can't... fucking cunt. I oh, know, sorry. But, mate, it doesn't matter, but I'm feeling... Yeah, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but you're fucking skated over half the fucking playoff picture there, and you finally <laughs> landed on mine. So I really want it to back the Ravens. I really want... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You may as well have gone through a little fucking lot. You just did. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going for Jacksonville. They... Um... They they were my number one. I ain't uh, I ain't fucked about. I, I did think about <laughs> did think about the Giants for a second, and I thought every man and his dog's back in these Giants as an underdog this weekend. I just think the reason why I haven't is because I think if it was at Giants, I would have hundred percent. But I think indoor, I just think there's no adverse conditions for them by the fact that it's a half nine game and Kirk Cousins seems to wilt at that time. But but no, I, I, I don't fancy the Giants. I think I think. The Vikings' offense is going to be a bit too explosive for them and not going to be able to catch up. So for that reason, I am going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game. Contrary to what Adam said about it going toe-to-toe as a high scorer, I think it's going to be really low. And I think the um, the Jags' defense is going to bolt up. Like the pun, playing the bolts. I get that. Good up. one. I get it. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. That's the locks and the wild cards all covered for wild card weekend. So we'll do a quick fire of the games. Just let us know the results. Are we going for the scores? Do you want to go for the scores or are we just going to go for who's just going to win? Team by so many points. Team by so many points. Okay, so we'll yeah. start with the one that takes place at half past nine. Uh, GMT, the Niners against the Seahawks. Um, Skin, we'll start with you. Okay, I'm going to go Niners by 20. <laughs> okay, 
Right. Sam? It is a, it is a, it is a, uh, the spread is uh, plus 9.5 to be fair. Um, I'm going to say Niners by 14. Kemp? Nice one. Niners by Bravo. 10. Niners by 10. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to stand by the Seahawks. I'm going to say by three. It's going to be a field goal at the end that wins it for us. Oh, it. that close. Mate, you, you don't need that heartbreak in your life, oh, mate, surely. It, 100%. If, 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 if his pick is to come in, it will definitely be a close game. Yeah. The Seahawks yeah. are not blowing the oh, lights out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But okay. oh, it's tough. Isn't um, it? Next game up, the Jaguars against the Chargers. Um, Kemp, we'll start with you this time. Jags by three. Sam? Jags by one. Ooh. Mate, this, as I mentioned, for me, is the toughest game to predict over the weekend, but I've got to stick with Jags as they're my wild card, and I will go by a touchdown, Justin Herbert as a bold prediction, throwing a last or a very, very late interception to seal the game for Jags. Okay, Um, I'm sticking by the Chargers. I've gone with uh, Austin Eckler for a touchdown, but I think they're going to win it by... Sorry, I'm just cutting you out there. It says everything Dawson's saying it was a close game, he couldn't call it, and it's actually split-loaded sport. 50-50. Wish you'd split me. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> nice. Okay, moving on to um, <laughs> a couple of people's locks. We've got the Bills against the Dolphins. Uh, we'll start with Skin. <laughs> I think, I think Sam should... I, I think I know it's quick fire, but Sam, um, you, you had some thoughts on the, the Dolphins' lineup. You mentioned yeah. there, so I think it's it's good for you to yeah. to start because yeah. this right. as, as much as we've we've not well one of us has picked this as a lock in, in Aggie, but no, it might mean I didn't. I picked Bengals. Oh, sorry, Don't sorry, Sam. It makes this, it, even more sense to come to me. I get what you're yeah. saying. It, it's uh, yeah. probably the most surefire result of the weekend, really. But it, I, I suppose so. it's more by how much than who wins, isn't it? That's the question. I I think this is going to be pretty brutal for the Dolphins, to be honest. I'm going to say Bills by. <laughs> 21. Nice. nice. Uh, go on, Aggie, you go up next, mate. Don't go last me, every time. Um, I'm going to go Bills by the single score. Respectable. Now, I'll, I'll jump on that because I do think that this is a case of, Sam, completely agree with you, I do think the Bills win comfortably, but not necessarily by what the score is at the end of the game. I think <laughs> this is a case of them taking it steady, not pushing themselves too much. So I, I will go with Bills winning by no more than 10 points. Okay. Kemp? Bills by 17. Interesting. I think 17's a nice one. I, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Up next, the Vikings against the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Kemp? Oh, baby. The New York football giant. <laughs> he loves saying that, doesn't he? <laughs> You've got to because it's the, the prestige. Yeah, That's yeah. the word, isn't it? The New York Football Giants by three. It'll be close. My heart will be in my asshole. Uh, skin? <sighs> like I said, I had Giants down as, as my wildcard as my first pick. But as you mentioned, Sam, Carl Brandt said that everyone's got the Giants as their wild card. We, we've all spoken about how the Vikings, or Kirk Cousins specifically, can't do it outside of Sunday 6 o'clock. I really want to pick the Giants, Kemp. I really, really, really want to. But if we're, if we're it's purely... Okay. <laughs> no, I, I really, really want to say Giants by such and such, but if we're purely putting our name to a result and a score, I'm going to put Giants 
by one singular touchdown. Giants? Uh, sorry, Vikings. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Vikings. Yeah. You see the Vikings. Teasing him there. Not dead, not dead. No. Vikings by seven. Okay. Is it me next? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So as I said earlier, just every man and his dog seems to. If any upset's going to happen this weekend. Every man and his dog's picking it to be this game. It's like the uh, the new hipster thing in it to pick the Giants this this weekend. But now I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and uh, I'm going to back the Vikings by ten. Ten. Yeah. I'm going to go with Giants, and Ooh. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 10 points, but I'm going to go in favour oh! of Giants. Oh, my what? fucking what? God. What? Jesus, I... Giants yeah. by 10? Yeah. Wow. Kemp, Kemp, I know this is... Kemp, because this is, as we've said, I know we're doing quick fire round, but it is important to document this. And I know this is... It's the first time in six years and might not happen again for a while. So, Tom Kemp, as, as unbiased as you can possibly give, genuinely, what do you think about Giants' potential playoff run here with what they've done so far this season? I think the Vikings is, is the one I'm going to be most confident about. <laughs> I think after that, we're getting into uh, murky waters, to say the least. I think we're due to play the 49ers or the Seahawks after that, if we win. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I mean, I can, I can't see the Seahawks winning. So, if the 49ers win, then I'm, I'll, I won't be too confident, to be honest. I'll be pretty, uh, pretty downbeat and uh, I won't be that confident in our chances. But, mate, you know, if the Seahawks win and we win, I'm going to be losing my fucking mind because we've oh. got a shot in that game. If so we win, win, it won't Sunday be as you're playing, though, will it? Depends. Yeah, I was just, I was just about to it say... It won't be as you're playing if... It's, if, not, it's, not, a it's, not, it's not a traditional oh, knockout, is it? It's, right. it's seeding. So it's because oh, you're, you, and the, you, right, and the Seahawks, okay. you and the Seahawks are quite like... You'll be the oh. two pair of the bottom seeds. So if right. you win, you'll be playing the highest... Which will be Eagles. Eagles. Oh, no, we'd be playing Eagles if we win, wouldn't we? Yeah. So you'd be playing Cowboys or So we'd be playing who? Cowboys or Bucks? You're playing, you're playing Eagles or Niners. What? Not right, if we win. Okay. No, but no, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. That's not what he's saying, though, is it? That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. If we were to win... I've ever read, just very quickly... Kemp's not, Kemp's not bothered about Seahawks winning, though. It's, it's, if Kemp, I'm, I'm not saying, bothered, yeah. If, if the Giants like plays in the next if, round, yeah. realistically, if the Giants win, realistically, the Seahawks aren't going to win. So it's probably going no, to be. Why yeah, is the Giants winning? I mean, the Seahawks aren't going to win. Yeah, but that's the point. Even if the Seahawks do win, we're not going to be playing them anyway. And it's up to me. It's my no. opinion of the Giants' run. Right. Yes. So, so that's the point. So, yeah, I mean, in that case, I'm thinking it's bloody FA Cup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not that confident. There's still, you know, huge gaps in our game. We're we're not a perfect team by any metric. But I'm, mate, you went before, in 2008 in and you went in 2011. Yeah, we have playoff Eli though. Who says playoff DJ is going to be the same? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've said, it, I've said it in the chat. I've said it in the chat. You know, if we beat the Vikings, I'll be happy. And then anything else apart from that's just a bonus. Okay. Sunday night football then between the Bengals and the Ravens. I'm going to say the Bengals to win by three scores. So I'm going to go 21. Bengals to beat Ravens. Um, Sam? Bengals by 13. Kemp? Bengals by... Uh, it's tough, this one. Because it's Bengals, but by what? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Bengals by... 13. Copycat. Skin? 
it's very tough purely based on Lamar's play status. But assuming that he's going to be out or not at 100%, I'm going to go Bengals by 28. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, and then Monday night football between... When's Monday? Monday. Sounds like my kind of day, that. <laughs> the Bucks and the Cowboys. Skim, we'll start with you, seeing as they were for a short period of time, at least your wild card. Yeah, I really, really wanted them. I wanted to back my boy. It is quick fire, so I'm just going to go Bucks by 10. Kemp? The Dallas Cowboys, uh, it'll be close. I think the Dallas Cowboys by three. Nice. Sam? For me, again, I know it's quick fire, but this for me is is the closest one of the weekend because I really do think the Cowboys are, are a far better team this year. Um, but when it comes down to who do I trust in the playoffs more, Brady or Dak, you can't not say Brady. So I am going to actually back the books, and that's gone off of everything I've thought so far today. Uh, I'm going to back the books by three. I was along the same sort of lines. Then I'm going to go by seven, though, just to be different. I'm still staying by the books. Um, what happened with the Cowboys on the last game of the season? You do everything by the books. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Big fan. Uh, no, I'm standing by them. I, what happened on the last game of the season with the Cowboys really puts me off the idea of, uh, of predicting them to win it all in this playoffs. So uh, there's the playoff predictions. Skin, you wanted to ask us a question um, right at the end, or you asked me a question right at the end, so I'm going to come to you first for it. Multiple times throughout this season, we've looked at the standings and the sides that we think will be in the Super Bowl. For all of us, they have changed significantly. So I'm going to ask, now we know the playoff teams, who were your two Super Bowl teams? I originally can't remember who the fuck I picked to be in the Super Bowl, to be honest. But at Bill, some point... on his dog picked Bills. Yep. Yeah, it, I, I want to say Bills-Rams, but I might be way off on that. I really can't remember. But um, in one of our early episodes of Loaded Sport, when we were doing a bit of a mid-season review, I did say that I did fancy the Chiefs to beat the Niners in the Super Bowl based on, on the form at the time. And to be quite honest, in the weeks that have followed, I, I don't really see a reason to change that. So, in answer to your question, I am going to stick with that mid-season change and go that the Chiefs beat the uh, 49ers in the Super Bowl in Feb. Okay, Kemp. I am going to... It's so close because I'm torn between the Chiefs and the Niners and the Chiefs and the Eagles. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to back my boy Mudge. I'm going to say the Chiefs and the Eagles. Who wins? The Chiefs. <laughs> I'm going to back my boy Mudge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to back my boy Mudge and give him I can only back him to a certain extent. Yeah, I can only yeah, back yeah. him to a certain extent, to be fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, Sam. Yeah, I'm going to go um, Chiefs, Chiefs-Eagles also. Um, uh, I have backed the Eagles to win, but yeah, fuck it. I'm sticking with it. I'm going for Eagles to win. Nice. Um, I'm. I went for the Chiefs against the Niners with the Chiefs to win. Um, yeah, but with my me. wild card being the Seahawks, I feel like I should probably change that ever so slightly <laughs> after looking more into this weekend. I've gone so many different teams though. I started with the Bills against the Bucks, and then I moved to the Eagles against the Dolphins. It's been a nightmare for me. So whichever two teams I pick, you can probably bet on them not making it. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna have to stick by it on. I'm gonna go with Chiefs Niners, even though I've. 
kind of gone against it in my wild card. Yeah, that's fair. And look, not not all of our listeners are NFL fans, and not all of our listeners will still be uh, listening at this point. But we, as NFL fans, know we we keep saying any given Sunday, and we keep dropping that term. But it has meaning. It has it has history, and and it gives you that little tingly feeling in your bones that literally anything can happen, and that's the meaning of of the term. And naturally, we're going to pick pick at what is at the moment the the informed teams, but. Any given Sunday could mean that a Seahawks somehow get a win in or at Levi Stadium and beat the San Francisco 49ers on uh, Saturday night. Any given Sunday means a New York Giants could go to the second seed in the NFC or the, or the third seed in the NFC and beat the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings and get to the divisional round. We're naturally going to pick the, the best teams on paper, but come Feb, 13th when we have the Super Bowl literally any two teams could be on that in that and that is the beauty of the playoffs and that is the beauty of the term any given Sunday there we go lads that's all we've got time for this week thank you very much for joining me to go through the NFL look forward to wildcard weekend and look forward to uh, reviewing it all with you guys on Monday I can't wait for the day of men <laughs>